It's Baseball Shangri-La with Amy Cuevas and Juan Ramirez. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Baseball Shangri-La. She is Amy Cuevas, and I am Juan Ramirez. And wow, Amy, I mean, I'm, I feel like we're starting to get into a rhythm. I mean, so many shows, so much Dodger news. Who knew? I thought I really thought it was going to be a quiet week up until when pitchers and catchers report. But all of a sudden, we have more signings the Dodgers happen, uh, been having, and now all of a sudden... The big news today, and that is Clayton Kershaw is back, ladies and gentlemen. Clayton Kershaw has signed with the Dodgers. So the preliminary here is it's a one-year deal, but he does have a player option for 2025. Uh, Amy, I don't believe uh, salary has been released, though, yet. Is that correct? Not to my knowledge, and everything is pending the the physical on Thursday. So it sounds like he's going to do that in Arizona um, and then we'll kind of, I mean, obviously I'm sure it'll, it'll all go great. And then he's going to probably get moved to the 60 day IL. And by probably, I mean, he's going to. <laughs> so before we get into this whole Clayton Kershaw, because this whole episode is going to be about Clayton Kershaw. Uh, we have a new segment on the show that is debuting today and that is called base running blunders. This is the segment in the show where we acknowledge everything that we fucked up on either the last episode or previous episodes. So just save your hate, people. So instead of, you know, coming after us on the social media and say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Look, we're humans. We make mistakes. We make base running blunders. And that is why this segment is called base running blunders. Amy, what did I fuck up? Um, it, it wasn't you. It was me. Um, so we did get the we did do our homework. The correct pronunciation is uh, Fire Eisen for our reliever JP. So okay, so, so help else. me out here because I know one of our uh, one of our listeners was saying it was fun to listen to Google uh, butcher name. So <laughs> help me out, Fire Eisen. Fire Eisen. So, so like so it's it's fire and then Rich Eisen, but I'll take out the rich. So Fire yes. Eisen. That, that's what that's I. How thought. I'm going to remember it. Hey, however, however it works for you. I went on to. I was looking at Sportsnet LA's some of their coverage, and um, they were pronouncing it Fireizen. So, um, it is not Fireizen. So. so, for our viewers and our listeners, you just got a little glimpse at how meticulous Amy is. It was killing Amy that we butchered his name. So she told me, "Hey." We, we have to do this at the beginning of the show, and thus this segment has uh, has been born. What else did we fuck up, Amy? Um, so we were talking about, you mentioned Keith Law's uh, 100 Prospects. That did get dropped yesterday, and I I knew we had some in like the 80s and the 90s, um, but we actually had some a little further up the list. So doing a little more research, uh, we do have number 25 with, um, I hope I say his name right, Josu Depala. Um, number 33 is River Ryan, uh, 86 is Dalton Rushing, 95 is Gavin Stone, and 99 is uh, Tyrone Lorenzo. So I hope I didn't butcher those names too much, but we actually have five prospects on that list. So more than the two that I thought we had. And if you did butcher Lorenzo, what we can go ahead and do is on the next episode of Base Running Blenders, we'll have Amy pronounce Lorenzo. But Well, and it's a, it's a I, so it's L-I-R-A-N-Z-O. Okay, so then I'm the one that fucked up. I'm reading it, so I have that. I have that benefit. So <laughs> that that concludes our our base running blunders for today. So if we limit our base running blunders, we hopefully will win the game. So 
All right, so let's get to the, the Clayton Kershaw news. Uh, I got to be t- I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I expected that news today. I don't know when I expected it. I, I feel like everyone says this is the worst kept secret, right? That everybody knew that if if Kershaw came back, he was going to come back to the Dodgers. I want to start off first, Amy, your initial reaction to Clayton Kershaw signing with the Dodgers and having that player option for 2025. This is the first time hearing of the player option only because I've been at work all day. So I've only been able to like check the the socials uh, intermittently. Um, but honestly, I guess there was a little bit of relief that he will, you know, whether this is his last year or not finish in a, in a Dodger blue uniform. Um, there was some concern on my end, I guess, that he would go to the Rangers. I know we've heard a lot of different takes as far as, you know, maybe he should just retire or um, maybe let him go to the Rangers. But I think there is some nostalgia there where just having him in that Dodger blue uniform, um, I, I, I smiled when I think actually I got your text this morning that, you know, we had we were going to be resigning him. And one of the things that I want to do is also I want to make sure that we're giving credit to uh, the people who are breaking this news because uh, I, I know there's a lot, especially within new media, they they take the information that other media sources are providing and and they don't give the credit. And Amy, being a photographer, I know you hate it when like people use your pictures and they don't give you the credit, right? So I I know that. Uh, Joel Sherman and Paul Heyman, not Paul Heyman. Here, now I'm letting everyone know I'm a wrestling fan. John Heyman uh, were the first ones uh, that started uh, reporting that Clayton Kershaw, that the Dodgers were close to this. Uh, then Juan Toribio of MLB.com uh, followed up with that. But in terms of the player option, the first person that I saw reporting that was Andy McCullough of The Athletic. So I, I want to make sure that Andy uh, gets credit for that. Uh also, what Andy McCullough had said from The Athletic and everyone else is is using that information is that Kershaw just began his throwing program last week. So I, I found that interesting because, I mean, to tell you the truth, Amy, I was not confident at all that Kershaw was going to come back. And I'm still I'm still really? not that. And, and it was the reason why I say that is I just think physically he wasn't going to be able to pitch because the injury allegedly that Kershaw has is the same injury that Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers had. And Woodruff is out for the whole season. So I'm not fully convinced yet that Kershaw is going to come back. Uh, but it's only in terms of the, the physical aspect. I mean, Every year, what what do we get? Cole Hamels is going to make a comeback, and then he actually starts pitching, and then we realize Cole Hamels isn't coming back, and Kershaw's getting older. So that that's my that was my reasoning. So the fact that he just started his throwing program last week, he must have been able, or unless this is this is similar to what the Lakers did with Kobe Bryant at the end of the year, and that is. I don't know how much this is a, a legacy signing. I don't know if this is about the Dodgers being like, look, we want you to play in a Dodgers jersey for the, your whole career. We I'm sure that factors in. I, I, I think my only concern with any legacy signings is that are we giving up a roster spot if he does come off the IL that we could be using for somebody else as it gets more competitive, you know, towards the end of the season? Yeah, I'm sure and that's that- a factor. 
And are you okay with that? I mean, are you okay with, I know money is not an issue for the Dodgers because they just spent a billion dollars in the off season. So whatever they end up paying Kershaw for this year, this year, it doesn't matter because of everything that Kershaw has done for the Dodgers in the past. So regardless of what his agent was asking, you would be okay with paying whatever to, to Clayton Kershaw. I think this is where I'm a little more cautious in the in the spending, but I think because we've already proven that we're going to do that in this case, I would say yes. Um, so the the earliest I, I think it was Juan Turibio who posted that um, he could be back in in late July. I'm I'm a little skeptical about that. Um, just, but you know what? I, I'm not a doctor, so so what do I know? But I would I'm just curious if that's the case. It would be interesting to see where our, our bullpen is at that point. Um, and I'm sure we can talk about this more later, but starting pitchers are not going as deep as they used to. So if we start taxing that bullpen more and then now we're giving up a potential spot for somebody that that could be a little more consistent, that would be my only hesitation at this point of, of giving up that roster spot, essentially. Um, but otherwise, well, if he can pitch, I mean, he's got the numbers. I, I want to get into the rotation, but before we get into the rotation, uh, Jack, Jack Harris, and by the way, breaking news, everybody, Jack Harris is once again now the beat writer for the Dodgers in the L.A. Times. If no one has seen that, I, I'm I'm reporting that, I'm letting you know, and this is coming straight from Jack. He came out, um, and I, so, I, you know, here, here's the thing. We're going to save it for another story. I had reached out to the L.A. Times for comment on this, but they never responded to me because who the fuck are we, right, Amy? Um, so... I, I was very curious to see how the Dodge, uh, how the LA Times, the the paper of record was going to cover the Dodgers with the fact that they had laid off Jack Harris. Now they have like five or six other writers. Most of them are columnists. Most of them write on a national level about the Dodgers. Uh, but Jack Harris was the beat writer, and Jack Harris just a few days ago, actually, I think it was right after Dodgers Fest, Jack Harris said, "Hey, just kidding, I'm back." Now I had seen that I know the union uh, for the uh, for those writers and the LA for those journalists, excuse me. I believe it is. I think it's called the LA Times Guild, uh, but uh, don't hold me to that. I know they were negotiating, and Jack wasn't the only reporter. There were other journalists that actually did get their jobs back. So Jack Harris is now uh, did get his back. So he is back on the beat. He will be covering the Dodgers. And he was reporting that, and I don't know who the source is on this, of course, but this is coming from Jack Harris's reporting, that maybe Clayton Kershaw was contemplating a change of scenery. Now, I don't know if you saw this, Amy, but earlier in the week, uh, or maybe it was last week, Clayton Kershaw's jersey was retired, his high school jersey was retired, his number at his high school, and Chris Young was there. And for those of you who don't know who Chris Young is, Chris Young is, uh, he's not the general manager. I think he's the, the president of baseball operations for the Rangers, uh, Texas Rangers. Um, he was also there at the ceremony because his number was being retired. So, of course, immediate speculation at that point. Oh, Kershaw and Chris Young are talking. And for the longest time, there was always this narrative that if Kershaw's going to leave the Dodgers, he's going to leave them for the Texas Rangers. Uh, so 
I saw that and I, I, I hate responding to narratives that we don't know it's true. So part of me is actually very grateful that Kershaw finally signed today and we could put an end to that narrative because Kershaw never talks about it. We never hear it coming from Kershaw, but. Well, I, and they went to high school together. I mean, they're, they are actually friends. So like if he was going to go somewhere else and it's close to his hometown, I mean, that was where some of the speculation came from. I think you saw him last year when you traveled to Texas and you saw how comfortable he was walking around that field, being there with his family. So, I mean, it was, it was a real concern, I think, for a lot of fans that he could potentially, if he did decide to come back, sign with the Rangers. Yeah, and that and that was true. When the Dodgers were in Texas last year, I was covering the game, and I saw Kershaw walking through the tunnel, not just with his wife and his kids, but with his parents, with other family members. And I, and that was the first time that it really hit me that I thought, you know, this thing, Kershaw to Texas, this thing is real. He I takes mean, it's for granted kind of that he could just stay in L.A. all this time, but his family, his roots are in Texas. I mean, it's got to mean something. I mean, Freddie Freeman... You know, coming to the Dodgers, he, the Dodgers gave him a suite and his his family is in the suite watching him play all the time. I think we, we take that for granted, how, what it means to be able to have your family with you at all times. And to see that with Kershaw, I thought, no, th this could be real. This is something that could actually happen. Have uh, you ever but played that game with like your friends or I, I mean, I did with my like. Um, if I, if I ever had to go play for another team, like if somebody drafted me, obviously I'm never going to be drafted <laughs> to the MLB, but like, would I be able to play for the giants or what would I do if they, you know, tried to, to ship me across, you know, to the other coast, it, obviously it's never going to happen, but these are real things that happen to players all the time. Like you grow up a Dodgers fan and you end up going and playing maybe for your arch rival or, you know, a team that maybe you just wouldn't rather be on, like. These guys are they they probably grew up being fans, too. And I I forget that sometimes and have to remind myself that they probably have roots somewhere else that they'd rather be. No, but in the end, I'm sure all of these guys, they, they just want to be in the show. But I have talked to former major uh, leaguers. Ricky Romero was from East L.A. He was a guy who grew up as a Dodger fan, but he played for the Blue Jays. And then when the Blue Jays didn't re-sign him. The Giants and he he talked about it. He had told me that story that it felt weird wearing the black and orange because he was a guy who grew up being a Dodger fan. But I think there reaches a point, Amy, where you're just like, I just want to be in the major leagues. I don't care if I'm pitching for the Kansas City Royals. I don't. It's being in the major leagues. It's getting paid to play baseball. I think that's what matters. But with the Kershaw 100%. thing. I agree. I will just throw this out there, though. Jackie Robinson, like hats off to him, because when they traded him to the Giants, he retired. So th there's merit to all of that. And I definitely I believe that, you know, if you get a chance to play in the show, you're going to go play wherever they send you. So that, that's so funny. That was the example I was going to go to, too, was the fact that <laughs> I don't know if I I would have the, the cojones to do what Jackie Robinson did and say, oh, no, I absolutely refuse because, I mean, Hershiser played for the Giants after, you know, he played with the Dodgers. So, I mean, there's been examples of it. Jock Peterson. I know Jock Peterson didn't grow up being a Dodger fan. I mean, he is from Northern California, uh, but he wore the Dodgers uniform. And there have been many Dodgers that have been Giants players also. So it, it is interesting. But the fact that Kershaw finally made the decision, 
Uh, and who knows why? I, I mean, I think there's so many factors that were probably everybody's like, well, it makes sense for him to come back to the Dodgers. The the, the doctor who did the surgery on him, Dr. Neil uh, Elitrash. Uh, I mean, he's comfortable with him. He's still going to be able to rehab in Texas. So, I, I mean, I'm sure maybe that factored in um, the legacy aspect of it. I don't think I've ever heard Kershaw say that's, that it's important for him to wear a Dodgers uniform his whole career. I think it's important for the fans and maybe the organization. It's nice. But I've never heard Kershaw say, hey, I want to wear a Dodger uniform for my whole career. That's important to me. Or am I wrong there? I, I mean, I haven't, but I think that's the the emotional side of fans, right? We get so invested in this game. We're so passionate about it. He may never have said that, but that's that's what we want. Sure, he could go play for the Rangers for a year and potentially retire. And if you, you know, when he gets into the Hall of Fame, go in as a Dodger. But there, I think there's just something about being in that one uniform your entire career because it just doesn't happen that often. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a rarity. Um, I mean, it, when we're talking about legacy, how much did it factor in that last start in, uh, in against the the Serpientes in Aaron, in the playoffs? Like, just and, and I was just listening to the radio today. the The haters were out, and they were playing audio clips of Kershaw giving up home run after home run, and of course, all from the playoffs. Uh, I don't want to single anyone out, but if anybody listens to ESPN LA, you guys know who I'm talking about, uh, who did that. Um, but I, I mean, does that factor in for, for Kershaw and is it tied together when you see that this team is, you know, how much the, the players, they're clearly sign, sending the sign. They want to win. They're going to do everything possible to win. Is it a combination of like, I don't want to go out the way that I went out. And then these guys give me the best chance to win the world series because in the end, that's, that's the only thing left for him to play for, right? Is winning another world series. I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I think, I think both can exist in the same place. And when he's healthy, like he was in, he was a contender for, for the Cy Young last year until he got injured. And then he, you know, he didn't hit the, the requirements, but he had a pretty stellar year up until he had that, that soreness that kicked in in about, what was it? July when we, we sidelined and lined him for a little bit, he came back in August and we all noticed the velocity was down, but you know, he had, he, he helped carry the team. He helped get us where we were along with some of those other pitchers when we were limping along in the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I think, and again, I don't know if I've heard him say this, but I am curious if he believes, if he subscribes to anything like this, that if I win a world, another world series, because everyone's going to sit there and say 2020 was a Mickey Mouse championship. It wasn't real, which is all bullshit. But if he has another World Series, he can sit there and say, look, say whatever you want to say. I want another one. But I'm sure they're all I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm sure they're going to be like, yeah, but you joined a super team. You came back to a super team to win a World Series. Look, so who, it, who wouldn't? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 please. Let me go play for one of these other teams that isn't actually contending. Please, No, no, that's what I want my legacy to be. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if the Dodgers end up winning the World Series this year, 
revisionist history because I feel like I'm Quentin Tarantino here, but you can sit there and say like that guy could have retired with three world series rings. Cause you don't, I, I like any, I don't automatically award 2017 to Kershaw because you don't know. Uh, and that was, I think that's, what's even the most frustrating thing with what happened in 2017 is I don't think the Astros had to cheat. You know, I, I mean, they could have, they could, we just will never know if they could have beaten the Dodgers straight out, but because they did what they did, they went ahead and muddied the waters. So I will, I will never like, I will never say that that world series should have been ours and it is rightfully ours only because we will never know. Like, you don't know how it would have played out, you know, maybe like in 2020, it looked like we were down some of those games. Like we almost didn't make it through each of those levels. And then, and we pulled it out and we won that could have happened in 2017, but we'll never know. So both sides, uh, I mean, they cheated themselves and they cheated the Dodgers and the fans and we'll save, we'll save that venom for another time. Tone myself down. Well, the only other thing I also keep hearing, and I don't think Kershaw, I don't know if this registers for Kershaw, but this is going to be a nice little side effect. And that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you're the stats person here, but I believe he's 56 strikeouts away from 3,000 strikeouts. And he'll be joining a very exclusive uh, club if he's able to go ahead and do that. There's a good chance if he does come back in August, if he pitches really well, he could. I, I know 56 strikeouts doesn't seem a lot, but again, you don't know how many starts he's going to have, especially if the Dodgers are doing a six-man rotation, and who knows what the rotation is going to look like at that time. And also... Who knows where they're going to be if the Dodgers have already clinched the division in August because everybody expects them to go 162 and 0. Like, how many innings is Kershaw going to pitch? Like, how is he going to be used? So, I don't think it's a given that he can get 56 strikeouts, even if he comes back in late July. Uh, what do you think about that, Amy? I'm looking at the numbers right now, and you're right. He is he is 56 away, so he's at 2,944 in holding. Um, it looks like on average he he strikes out about 137, 144. You know, he's done that in the last three years. Um, but to your point, he's had anywhere from 22 to 24 starts. Even in in 2020, he had 10 starts and he he struck out 62. So depending on when he comes back and how many games he actually gets to play in that's definitely going to factor into how close he gets to that number. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's something to factor. Uh, look, would I love him to come back and join the 3000 strike up club? Of course. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but I still, my thing is that I'm still not fully convinced in terms of is he, if he's going to pitch, because if that injury is, and, and the thing is, is we really don't know how bad that injury is because that's a guy who's never going to use it. As an excuse, anytime you did ask him, he always said, I'm fine, I'm fine. And clearly he wasn't fine. So I'm not sure, I mean, what happens if we start getting that again? Um, but, I mean, they they scheduled a physical on Thursday. Now, this Thursday, of course, is that's the date that the Dodgers can start moving uh, players to the 60-day uh, injured list. And just to clarify something here for people, they can't just put him on the 60-day. Uh, injured list. They need to sign him first. And then when they sign him, they put him on the 40 man and then they can move him 
to the aisle. So in order to sign him, they need to make room on the 40 man. So there are a, a couple of candidates that, that you can already do that. I mean, Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, those are all. But what's interesting to me is Ryan Brazier. Uh, you have to do the same thing for Ryan Brazier. You had to put Brian Brazier on the 40 man. So because the Dodgers have plenty of candidates to move to the 60-day DL, I, I, I injured list, excuse me, I'm curious as to who they do end up moving to the 60-day, uh, who they end up doing it first, because eventually all of these people will be moved to the 60-day 60, 60 injured list. Uh, but do you have any concerns? Are you worried? Any, what if something comes up in this physical on Thursday? Or it doesn't matter if something comes up on this physical like we talked in the beginning of this show, the Dodgers do this because Kershaw deserves to play his whole career for the Dodgers. I think that comes down to how valuable that, that roster spot is to them. If, you know, if they want to bring him on pen, you know, physical pending or not, however it shakes out. Um, if they want that legacy player on there, then they're, they're essentially playing with, you know, a 39 man roster once they do bring him back from the 60 day IL, if he, if he can't perform or do they potentially do something that he's never done in his career and they don't have him start, they have him as a reliever or, you know, pretend, I don't know, they, they jump him to the closer role, but do they, do they put him on even less innings and that's how you keep him on the register roster and then justify it um, while also taking advantage of if he can pitch, that's the way to do it. Well, I mean, let's get into it. Uh, what is this rotation going to look like? Because I know everybody is super excited. And all of a sudden, all these uh, options in the starting rotation, I, I mean, the number of pitchers that... So we have Yamamoto for sure. We have Tyler Glass now, um, Bobby Miller. So yeah, those three for sure. Uh, James Paxton, I think you can go ahead and also... So you got four there. Bueller, that's a fifth. Now, we just don't know when Bueller is going to join the starting rotation because Brandon Gomes told us at Dodgers Fest that they're going to take it very easily with, with Bueller. Um, but other pitching options, Emmett Sheehan, I think Emmett Sheehan proved himself last year. I'm very excited to see his growth for this year. Is he? I'm, I think he's definitely going to have a shot in the beginning of the season to be a part of this rotation. But then once they start working Walker Bueller back, then we're gonna I'm gonna see what happens. Ryan Yarborough, who piggybacked a lot, we talked about this in the last episode. You know, he's a hybrid. I know we don't really consider him a part of the bullpen, but I don't know if we consider him a part of the starting rotation. Uh, I know people will throw Michael Grove in that same uh, category, but I am curious if Michael Grove is if the Dodgers will just automatically just start transitioning him as a, as a reliever, because uh, look, I mean, this, this starting rotation is already crowded. And then Gavin stone, I, I myself, Gavin stone, I think is starting the season in triple a. I, I don't see him unless if Gavin stone is on the starting uh, on the opening day roster, whether it be in Korea or when they actually start in, in the States, then something has gone horribly wrong. And, and this is not to talk bad on Gavin Stone, but it's just you signed all these other pitchers so you wouldn't have to use Gavin Stone in the rotation. I think Gavin Stone is looking like a trade chip now, to tell you the truth. Um, 
but my thing is this everybody's so excited but amy all these names the majority of them they're all injury risks and i know you can sit there and say that about any pitcher but i think this is the key to this dodger season yes on paper they look like they could be great they could be very special but the greatest indicator of of injury is past injury and we're talking about guys that were that have injuries are coming back from injuries well and i think while we're waiting for bueller to get stretched out and come back in kind of more of a full capacity i think maybe you do do things where like you piggyback, especially as we're trying to decide, are we going to do a five, a five man rotation or a six man rotation as we start to like transition Yamamoto to, to our pitching style. Um, maybe that's where you do use, you know, Paxton and Yarbrough as, Hey, you guys go a little longer. We're going to put Sheehan on the back end or the front end, however you want to jigsaw that. And maybe that's where, um, you know, I don't know that Gavin Stone will, will, have a place in that, but maybe that's where he comes in too to eat some innings, whether they, you know, put him down to triple A or try to use him that way and just see, okay, how does it shake out this year compared to last year? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think going to be one of the big, uh, you know, and so I get, I just mentioned 10 names right there for a starting rotation. And I didn't even mention Kershaw. Right. And I totally overlooked Grove just now. So Grove over stone for sure. So I mean, he might be the one that you start piggybacking with Yarbrough or even Paxton and just, hey, these are these are a package deal. When we're going to pitch, we're going to we're going to throw these guys out there just to make sure that we're not stressing anybody out. Because, as I mentioned at the the beginning of the show, starting pitchers aren't going that deep. So if we don't want to tax our bullpen, we have to come up with a different strategy to get through this season. They're just not going seven, eight, nine innings anymore. And I guess it's a good problem to have, right, because you can never have enough pitching I, I mean as you can see what happened to the Dodgers at the end of last year but I mean this is going to be part of the journey as as Amy likes to say because if everything goes as planned like I said Yamamoto Glasnow and Bobby Miller I think for sure are in your rotation all right those if everything is going right those three pitchers are the ones that that you want now, if Bueller comes back and he is the Walker Bueller of old, that's four. So for that fifth spot, I, that to me, best case scenario is that Kershaw would be your number five. Now, if you get to the playoffs, Kershaw is your number five. That means, in my opinion, Kershaw's not not starting a game, and that would be a good thing for the Dodgers and. Is Kershaw going to be, is he going to be happy about that? I, I mean, this is what happens when you get towards the end of their career. We don't know if that's how it's going to play out, but am I, have, is that scenario just way too crazy for you, Amy? Because technically you need four, right? So based on performance and what everybody is telling me, to me, those four would be Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bueller, and Bobby Miller. Right. Right. And I mean, I think you can fit, you can slate Kershaw in there, but again, depending on how many innings we get out of him, that's, that's really going to be the indicator. Maybe he's one of the ones we piggyback against because, you know, I don't want to only put it on game one of, of the postseason last year. Cause that's, that's really not fair. Cause he did have a really good year, you know, up until that point, up until he got injured, but 
he did struggle in that inning. So depending on how well the surgery works out, you know, are, are they going to wait to stretch him out? So even if he comes back in late July, maybe early August, we're still not going to see deep innings for him. So he is, even if he is a starter, he's still going to get paired up with somebody or we're going to go through a bunch of bullpen arms, which you've said in the past, that's, that's not a great way to go because that's more opportunity for error. If one or two of them have a bad day, that's, you're making more changes versus having fewer pitchers come in. So I think at, at that point he can be in there. Um, we might have to pair him up. Uh, and then I think the the other challenge is we don't know what actually happens when they're making those decisions. So, you know, there it was floated around last year that maybe Bobby Miller would start game one and then Kirsch would go game two. And then, you know, we saw that play out and it was it was reversed. We don't know what drove that decision. We don't know that Kirsch was like clamoring to have that happen. Like I need to be the game one starter. We don't know if that's just what the front office decided to do. And so I think that's where sometimes not knowing what's going on behind the scenes, we tend to put some of our own projections on that. We have no clue. Kirsch could just be like, hey, whatever's good for the team. And and that's the end of it. So I think it's just, we're, we're really just going to have to wait till he comes back from that IL and see where he's at. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the problem, right? We're always looking ahead. Like, look at me, I'm already the playoffs and we haven't even played, you know, the regular season. It's a far, uh, for me, it's a far gone conclusion, right? The Dodgers are going to win the division. The Dodgers are going to make it into the playoffs, but this is why you play the games, right? Because on paper, this team looks like it's great. This team looks like, you know, it's going to do something very, very special, but we don't know. There's there's a lot of question marks, not only in the starting rotation, but last episode when we were going through the bullpen. Well, but that's why is- we love and, and hate baseball, right? Like on paper, the Dodgers should win it every year. And yet we've had some underdogs the last couple of years, you know, take it. And and that's I don't like it when when we get knocked out. But I mean, but that that is the beauty of baseball. You can't for all the people who say like, oh, you're buying a championship. But but really? Are, are we? Because other teams are, are doing more with less. And it really just comes down to what happens during that year. How many people got injured? You know, what shakes out in a certain game? So, like, it's there's so many uncontrollable factors that you can only control so much in the game. And I think that's why we love and hate it. You know, and, and it was interesting because I fairly I, I saw a very positive reaction. Everybody was very happy to see Kershaw come back. Now, before this announcement, there are some Dodger fans that I've spoken to that didn't want Kershaw back. They were like, look, it's time to turn the page. And it does feel like this is a new era in Dodger baseball. Justin Turner's not here anymore. Clayton Kershaw is part of that that era it's Shohei it's Yamamoto it's Bobby Miller we have we have new Dodgers here um so it it is one of those things where I I am curious as the season progresses and if he does end up pitching because again I can't stress enough um I'm not confident that he's gonna be able to pitch but if he does we'll let's end on this Amy do you think this is it this is his last year if he comes back and he pitches, especially if they win the World Series, if he pitches well, do you think he calls it quits? I mean, so for us fans, again, that's going to hinge on how healthy he is when he comes back. I mean, if I'm putting on my Kershaw hat, if if I go out, I just had a rough ending to the previous year, had surgery, I'm coming back halfway through, and I win the World Series, 
for me, I think I would call it. I'd like end my career on that on that high note and ride off into the sunset. But he's also a big competitor. So like that's the thing. Like if he if that happens, does he come like can I get one more year? Wow. I I would I would root I think for retiring, but I think Kershaw surprises us every time. Yeah, I, and that's that's something, of course. I mean, that's just a hot fire take. That's just some podcast talk right there because uh, we don't know. Uh, I I do know that, especially last year. I just because you're right. I think he pitched really well last year before he got hurt. And I kept telling everybody, my my friends, and being like, "Hey, appreciate Kershaw, man, because this this could be the end. This could be the last time." And that's a dude that we just took for granted. You know, because he was so good and it was like, look, we got a chance to this is our Sandy Koufax. And if you look at it, he has better numbers than Koufax. He did it longer than, than and this Koufax. Is, this is something like me and my best friend. She goes to a lot of the baseball games with me. Like when we know he's going to hit a milestone, like we're we're there. We want to be there. I don't want to just watch it on TV if I can help it. That I mean, that's my my luxury of being a season ticket holder, but like that, that's something I want to see. Like, you know, people will go in and like, I'll, I might buy a baseball for that game. Or I have one of those little baseball passports, like make sure I get it stamped for that day. And it's, it's just, it's that again, baseball being a unifier, we're all there for that. And like those games where he's pitching and he hits another record, it gets quiet in the park, but it also gets loud afterwards. And, and everybody just celebrates him at any player that does that, right? You get the hat tip, like you're all sharing that moment. It's not just about the player. It's about the fans and everybody. And those are the things I, I really hope he comes back healthy and he gets to have some more of those moments. And we get to have those moments with him before the season's over. The only thing that I, I, I am a little bit bummed on, and this is just me being completely greedy and it's like, look, come on. Everybody knows he's the, he's the greatest pitcher in, in Dodgers history. Um, is I would have liked him to retire as the Dodgers all time wins leader. And I know this is going to come off as disrespectful to Don Sutton, but I just feel looking at this Dodgers history the people that should be at the top of all the pitching records, it should either be Sandy Koufax or it should be Clayton Kershaw because I feel those are the two best pitchers that this. And do you know how many games? How many games away he is from Don Sutton's record? I don't. Uh, don't hold me to it. I want to say he's a uh, in the twenty range. Uh, but I, I just uh, and that's for him. That's about a full season's worth of pitching. Yeah, there's just no way. It, 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 there's no way. I think he, even if he was healthy and he played a whole season, I think the way it ended last year, my calculations was he needed at least two seasons to pass Don Sutton. And, and like you said, we don't know. If he pitches well this season, he may want to come back. I, I, I mean, that's the problem, right? Is We're all just projecting this narrative onto Clayton Kershaw and – and Poor guy. Look, he hasn't even stepped foot on a field yet. <laughs> exactly. We're making a living talking about this guy. But I, I'm just grateful that a decision was made and we don't need to go ahead and, uh, and speculate anymore. And now we can just actually react because pitchers and catchers are reporting at the end of this week. I mean, we're going to – spring training games are, I believe, about, what, two weeks away? I think so. I don't – I can't three. recall when the first or, one is. From the time that I think it's in the it's in the twenties of February is is when the first. Uh, it would be February 
February 22nd, um, the home opener is actually the following day. We uh, we play against San Diego on that Thursday, and then we yes. come home on Friday. So a little over two weeks. Uh, we're going to see some spring training games. We're going to see how some of these new acquisitions look in games. Uh, and I know Amy's going to be there in spring training. She's going to be giving us some uh, some coverage for Baseball Shangri-La LA. So uh, any last words before we end this episode, Amy? No, congratulations to Kirsch. I mean, you know, that it's got to be a tough decision to make all around, go to another team, stay with your team, retire. It it can't be easy. And, you know, good for him, good for us. Hopefully we get to see some records this year. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I would like to get him, uh, see him get to those 3,000. And, yeah, it, like you said, it would be nice to see him play his whole career uh, as a Dodger. But most of them, I, I, I would like to see him win another World Series. For everything that that dude went through in the postseason, I, I think to win another World Series would make a difference. Redemption uh, on so many levels. Just so many levels of, of yes, I did and, it. And look, the guy's already a Hall of Famer. All right, there's nothing else. I mean, he's a first ballot, unanimous Hall of Famer. Uh, there's nothing else that this guy can do that's going to. But I, I think for him, especially since I have that image of him coming running out of the bullpen, uh, and when they won the World Series in 2020, and just gave me chill, <laughs> seeing how happy in that sense of relief, I, I, I would like to see that for him again, just because he he did so much for this organization. Uh, I, I, the joke has always been the reason why he has these back problems is because he was carrying the Dodgers, you know, for all those years. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad that Kershaw's back. I would like to see him win one more World Series. I'm just very curious as to where he fits in in all this because of all the pieces that they, the Dodgers have. And if all these pieces do what they're supposed to do, I think it's going to be hard for him to, uh, to have a spot. But we're going to see. All our, all our speculation, you know, the front office has probably already got like one, two, three, and four contingency plans in place. So, I mean, we'll speculate all we want, but, you know, they are they have this locked. They, they have to do that because they sign players that have injuries and a history of injuries. So, uh, so you mean base, baseball? Baseball. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I stand corrected. Okay, well, this has been another episode of Baseball Shangri-LA. This is the time where I remind all of you, if you are stumbling across us for the very first time, uh, if you're on YouTube, you can see there are our handles there for X and, uh, on, a on X it's BB Shangra LA on Instagram threads and Twitch. It's baseball Shangra LA. Make sure you're subscribed, uh, on the YouTube, but also make sure you're subscribed to the audio portion of the podcast when you're driving, when you're working out. I mean, we just had a pineapple express here in California, it's just, hey, stay inside and listen to all the episodes of Baseball Shangri-La. Tell your friends. Tell people, hey, man, Dodger season's about to start. Listen to Amy and Juan. You know, they it, and, and like I said, we, we plan to hopefully do lives so we can have this be a more interactive. I really appreciate those listeners, those views, viewers that send us comments on the show. Uh, we love that type of interaction. You guys so, are awesome. You guys are the best. So we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks for hanging with us. <laughs>